Good evening, sports fans. Welcome to another episode of Sports Recap Live. I'm your host, Matt. Join always. Cut. Can you take that again? Can you take that again? I don't, I don't know if I like that one. <laughs> oh, whatever. We're, we're running this. What's up? <laughs> The guy goes away for one week, comes back, and thinks he's the king. I mean, his name is King Cordova, but still. That is that is my username. That's correct. That's What's right. up, guys? And then we are also joined by host, co-host, Anthony. Anthony, what's up, buddy? Uh, what's going on? And let's drop this all host, co-host thing. We already know what you're trying to you know do here in the beginning. You were having mine and Chris's voice chat cut off. So if you have that much <laughs> yeah. of a problem of, of having us in here, you know, let's let's start dropping this host, co-host thing. <laughs> so what are we gonna call ourselves uh, the, 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 the opinionaires debaters the opinionaires i've never heard that one before uh, i've heard debaters masters? we're the master of debaters master what? never mind the master of debaters <laughs> that was close <laughs> <laughs> so luckily we're laughing because i feel like the first topic is going to get very serious in probably about 10 seconds so, um, Anthony, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you swing into this. Why don't you tell tell everyone what we're talking about first? Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, over the last uh, couple weeks, uh, between the three of us, um, Paul, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch all of this yet, um, but we're gonna talk about the Netflix documentary about Aaron Hernandez. Um, very like like Matt said, it's a subject that's definitely very you know infamous. A lot of people know a lot about the situation, but I feel like this documentary really brought a lot more stuff to light that you may not have known originally from what you just saw. Obviously, it was a tragic situation, you know, and what happened was, you know, just terrible, especially for the families that were affected. But I'm going to open it up. I mean, to who, who wants to start here? What, what was the big like takeaway that you got differently from the from watching that documentary? that you didn't necessarily know going into it. Cause obviously, you know, we knew the main thing, like you knew that he, um, you know, had killed his one friend, uh, Odin Lloyd. They mentioned that and they talked about it in the documentary as well. Um, there was also the allegations as well that he, um, killed two people outside the nightclub, which they touch on that. But what was something that like right away from any of the parts of the three part documentary that was like, Oh, this was, that was a shock to me. I had no idea about that. I feel like it wasn't a shock, but I feel like he showed no emotion at all. He just didn't care. He thought he was going to get out. I mean, we saw they had the recordings of his uh, phone calls, and he's sitting there going, yeah, I'm getting ready for the NFL. Like, this guy legitimately thought he was going to play in the NFL again. I'm sorry, dude. Vic got almost shunned. Just, I mean, no, hold on, not Vic. Vic got to play again. Ray Rice got shunned for obviously beating his wife. What do you think was going to happen to him? him? For actually, you know, potentially be involved in a murder, it's just I truly believe that something was wrong with him. Uh, I believe it was something mental. I it could have been, you know, all the the concussions. It could have been he actually had an actual disorder. But I think my biggest takeaway from this was that he asked the Patriots for help. I believe they saw signs that he needed help, and that organization did nothing to help him. I mean, at one point he asked Belichick to be traded and they're just like, no, I feel like he was crying out for help. And they looked the other way. I don't know if you guys got the same impression from that, but I felt like they definitely looked the other way. No. And uh, sorry, Chris, I, I apologize. I'll let you. I just no, want to throw one little I just want to throw one little thing um, in here. And when we speak about this, too, it's not us 
I think we all agree he was wrong. We're not saying like that him having like the other issues that you might find out about made him right. That we're not saying that the, that the situation what he did he's wrong for that. We're not saying that we you know feel any certain kind of way. We're just saying that this stuff that we found out was like interesting that you never really heard about it. But now watching this, it makes you think more about it. Not that he was right in the situation whatsoever. Chris, I'm gonna right, get the floor to I, you now. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty much aligned with that entire statement. I mean, there's no excuse, obviously, for what happened. And it it's really tragic for anyone that's innocent, you know, and involved in this situation, the people that were, you know, innocently murdered and the families of those people. And it, it is a sad situation. But um, I think for me, what stood out for me, I knew about pretty much everything that that happened while he was an, an NFL professional. but for me, it was all of the backstory and his upbringing and, you know, his father basically ruling with a hammer, with a hammer fist, you know what I mean? And, and the possible sexual abuse that he had as a child, you know, a lot of these things, you could maybe connect the dots to why he may have had so many issues as an adult. Um, also, his father passing away tragically early. Um, who really was kind of the rock in, in his in his life and the one person keeping him straight. Um, I kind of wanted to ask this question right off the bat. Do you think that this whole story, this whole situation, the, the entire rest of Aaron Hernandez's life could have ended up different had his father not passed away tragically? Yes. I, uh, Anthony, if you don't mind. Um... Yeah, I think so. I think his dad definitely had a big influence on him. And as you saw, when his dad passed away and he started hanging out with his cousin, that's when he met, um, I can't think of those two guys' names. Can someone help me out? Those two other... Um, God, I can't remember the names right there. I, I, I can't think of the names either, about. yeah. I know who you're talking but about. But that's though, yeah. where he met them the first time. And I think if his dad wasn't around, he stays at home. He doesn't go to his cousins. He doesn't get involved in are exposed to the life of marijuana and all that stuff. So I really do believe that if that doesn't happen to his dad, I think his life is a little bit different. I think he wouldn't have gotten involved with them. He wouldn't have met those guys. He wouldn't have been exposed to that type of style. So yes, I think, you know, with certain people, you know, when your father figure is gone, I mean, that's, unfortunately, you look for the next best option and his next best option wasn't really, wasn't the best. And I really, you know, I think that's what started him down as, dark path yeah i mean and and he really didn't have a good relationship with his mother um either uh there there was the conversations that were taped the phone phone conversations where you know basically he said you ruined my life you effed everything up you know and you're you're gonna you're gonna die one day basically knowing that you don't even know your own son or something to that effect um and so he, he didn't have another role model after his father. And, and that's when, like you said, he found role models in the next best thing, which was, you know, guys who really weren't the best influence on him. And now one other thing I, I wanted to ask you guys, too, is um, I, I have my opinion and I'll give my opinion later. Um, but I do want to ask you guys how you think 
CTE fits into this whole scenario? Do you think it played a major part in, in what happened? Do you think it played just a very minor role? Was his lawyer just looking to use that as kind of an excuse to kind of, you know, bring some some reason to why everything happened? You know, what what is your guys' opinions on on that? Yeah, um, I think that's a, a great question, actually, Chris. Um, and it's something when I watched that was uh, when we talked about, like, what's one of the shocking things? Mm -hmm. um, the information on that, finding out that. Now, I will, again, I'm going to pre... I don't think that this makes it, like, an okay that if this of was the not. case that he had it. Um, he still, you know, he still had... He still murdered um, those, you know, individuals, like you said, that was very sad and tragic. Um do I think it's something that should be addressed by the NFL just in general to, to look more into this? Yes. Not as anything to do with even just this. I think this is one of the reasons that it should be escalated even further because you see the effects that it can have on people. Not saying that that's the reason he did it, but you uh -huh. can see like they showed that picture of his brain and it was just uh -huh. like to me, it was like, wow. Like whether right. that can play any role in it whatsoever, the fact that his that they showed those images and what it should look like. And it looked that much. It was just so unreal to me. And, you know, you hear about this and you know what? They, they continue at player safety. And I know a lot of people complain like, oh, that's not helmet to helmet. And it's like, mm -hmm. but this is the reason why they call the penalty. Yes. You know, sometimes it's a bad call, but that's where the reviews come into play now. And you see more reviews getting taken place for stuff like pass interference. Little, you know, and I know that's just has nothing to do with helmet to helmet. But they're going to continue to to build on that because it's going to be more and more about player safety. So if they see that they can go back and be like, hey, we need to limit these kind of hits. We need to make sure it's already a tough enough sport. You know, we don't have to see this happening where someone's getting, you know, getting hit in the helmet like that and then getting driven to the ground right after and landing on their head again like twice in the same play. We need to limit that stuff. And I think it's just, it's very, you know, crazy how much you could see. Um, and, you know, other people that talked, other former players said, you know, they retired. Like the one linebacker, yeah. I remember he was really promising for San Francisco. I think it was Borland. Um, mm -hmm. He played one season, but he was so yeah. worried about continuing to get hurt. And then you look at someone like Luke Keekley. Again, another guy is like, hey, listen, I don't, I know I'm only 28. I'm probably the best. If not, I'm, if I'm not the best. I'm one of the best in the league at my position. Yeah. But he wants to retire early. Gronkowski, I know he, you know, he had injury issues too. A lot of guys are getting out of the league prior because they see what well, happens down the road. And Andrew Luck is another great example. Exactly. Um, you know, I know not necessarily was it always concussion based, but it's just injury based. So it shows you that, you know, this can take it can take it on you, not just physically, mentally, you know, emotionally, all of those things. And what Aaron Hernandez, you know, like you guys mentioned, too, his dad was a huge role model. So that, you know, he had a it's just it was just it was just so crazy to me. The whole documentary just made me just think about more. Like I said, you knew the situation. It's terrible what he did. It was horrible. But to find out like more stuff like that went on throughout his life as a kid, it was just like crazy to me how much stuff like, you know, built up to this point. Um, to touch on your CTE, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was just going to say, man, I want to hear your, your choice, um, like your, said, your Anthony, words. There's this, no way, you know, like I like you guys said earlier, I'm not saying it was okay what he did, but just my opinion is I know this hits this other example I want to use, I think hits home to Anthony a lot. Chris, you know, if you remember WCW, remember him, you can almost compare his CTE and his brain to Chris Benoit, uh, where Benoit snapped and killed his wife, his son, and himself, you know, his brain was that of an 80-year-old man with Alzheimer's. So, I mean, 
Yeah, he probably knew what he was doing when he shot his best friend, or maybe when he shot those two guys. But I believe the CTE has something more to do with his paranoia. As we, you know, you saw throughout the thing, he was paranoid when he was in Miami that the police were watching him, and his friend commented, and then he shot his friend. He was very paranoid. I do believe Odin, you know, we'll never know what truly happened and why he shot Odin Lloyd. They never really, you know, discussed that. He never really said, but it could have been another paranoia where Odin learned something that he wasn't supposed to learn. And Hernandez was like, oh my God, he's going to say something. He's going to say something and shot him. He was very, um, I'm going to butcher this word. Maybe Chris or Anthony can help me out. Schizer, help me out. Schizophrenic. Schizophrenic. Yeah. yeah. I think he really had signs of that. And it showed in the documentary how he was just, he was paranoid from the most littlest of things. And I do believe CTE contributed to that. Just like with Kristen Wall, I believe the CTE contributed to him murdering his wife and son and himself. Anthony, I know that touches home with you a little bit because, you know, Chris, I know you know Ben Wall, but Anthony, mm -hmm. I mean, you were in the WWE days when he was really getting up, you know, up there with title runs and everything. But I mean, he took, he took countless hits to the heads with chairs and now they're showing even with wrestlers, yeah. it's the CTE thing. So I'm not condoning what Aaron did, but I think that CTE plays a really, really big effect into it. And people, I think, downplay it more than what they should. I think all they see is yeah. a ruthless killer. I think they need to see that, yeah, he was a killer, but there could have been ways to prevent this if the NFL had maybe, or even the Patriots were like, hey, man, let's, let's do some head scans on you. Make sure you're okay if you're feeling this way. Because I feel like uh, the indication that something was wrong was when he goes up to Belichick and says, I need to be traded. I need to get out of here. You know, I just like Belichick should have maybe been like, you know, what's why does he want to leave all of a sudden? We're Super Bowl winners or when he asked the Patriots to help him get a second apartment. Like that, that's not a red flag to you that he wants to live in a one bedroom apartment when he has a mansion. I mean, I, I just I just feel like there was red flags everywhere. And it wasn't seen. But you also notice that in the courtroom, the only time he ever looked back as a witness was Robert Kraft. So, I mean, it's just. I, I don't know how you guys feel about the Patriots. I just felt that the signs were there and they were ignored big time. I, I think I agree with everyone basically saying that I don't think CTE was the reason, you know, the, the absolute final reason that he committed, you know, all of the crimes and, and murders and everything. But I think it definitely was a big part. I, 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 want to touch on a, one of the interviews that they did, I think with, I think it's Andre, it is it Andre Wiggins, a former tight end. Um, and he said that, you know, there's no way that CTE was the reason that Aaron Hernandez is the way he is. He said, everybody gets concussions. All of us have had concussions. I think they're blowing the CTE thing out of proportion. And I, I think I really, when I heard that, I was like, there's, that's, 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 that's like saying, to someone who's depressed, like, oh, just cheer up, you know, like if you don't have that type of sickness or illness or you don't understand how that illness works, then you can't really speak on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, every player in the NFL probably has a concussion or has had several concussions, but everybody, everybody's bodies reacts differently to trauma to to germs to bacteria to everything that's why some people will hardly ever get sick and there's some people that always get sick they're they're sick every other other week or so every month 
So for someone in the NFL to say that, oh, CTE doesn't play any type of issue in this, Aaron Hernandez was a bad guy from the start. Yeah, he probably was a bad guy from the start. But when they showed the picture of his brain and, and the doctor saying that this is over 10 years of head trauma, this is the, the, the outcome of over 10 years of head trauma. I mean, he's been playing football since he was, was it, was it middle school, I think? So it, it's not like this is something that is recent. And obviously it's grown and, and gotten worse over those you know, years in high school, college, and the NFL. But for someone to say that, oh, CTE didn't make him kill anybody, I, I, I think that's, to me, that's an ignorant statement for someone who doesn't understand what CTE can do to a person. You know what I mean? So I, I do think that a lot of his upbringing had a lot to do with how you know he he reacted to certain things and his father passing away and there was a lot of factors but cte i think really was one of the main factors that caused him to do a lot of the things that he you know did and um you know that that's really my opinion on it because i think cte is something that needs to be more widely known and and the last thing i heard about cte was was the movie that will smith did do you guys remember that? It was maybe, I don't know. I never really watched that. I, heard I never saw it, but I heard about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as soon as I finished watching the, the, the documentary, I was like, I really want to know more about CTE. And I think ultimately, I think, I hope that that's one of the outcomes to a lot of people watching this documentary is just to learn more about CTE and how it, how it affects people and you know, what the NFL or just athletes in general can do to protect themselves. Because I think that is a major issue that I don't think is really talked about enough because the NFL is a business and you take away the violence from the NFL and the viewership is going to go down. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But ultimately, that's that was my view on it. I think CTE is definitely a huge part of what transpired in the life of Aaron Hernandez. Um, and I didn't think it was fair for Andre Wiggins to say what he said. Yeah, no, you definitely got a true point on that. I mean, unless you experience it, you'll never know. Uh, just like people who say, you know, stuff about cancer or anything like mm-hmm. unless you experience it, you really just don't know what those people go through. And you really shouldn't have an opinion on it, in my opinion. It's not that you can't have an opinion, but I think that you you can have an opinion, but it, it's important you to can't be educated. Them. It's important to be educated on the subject, I think, before you, you make an opinion public or, or, or known, you know? I, that's just my opinion, you know? I, I want to know more about CT, and I think that's, that's what a lot of people should be doing, is, is researching it more. No, and, uh, and I think both of you made great points. Um, I think it's something that, like you said, it needs to be seen more, like, you know, research more. People need to get more. I mean, and they don't have to, but I think it's something mm-hmm. to want to look more into. You know, I agree with your yeah. opinion on that because it's not something that everyone knows everything about. So, you know, you found out more from that. And if you don't watch a documentary that brings it up, you know, you really just think it's like, oh, yeah, they're not really talking about it. So it's not. But like you said, it's a business, you know, it's not something they're going to put at the forefront but the more it's brought up the more they're going to look more into it you know they do the player safety things but they're going to have to be like hey we need to look more into this and see what we can do to prevent stuff like this you know to help people you know not have this you know these injuries or anything like that so um yeah i mean it 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 was just a 
very interesting point that you brought up there, and I'm glad that you brought that up about the CTE because I think that was one of the main talking points of the documentary, and it was uh, at the very end of it in the part three where they really addressed it mm-hmm. um, thoroughly. Yeah. So it just makes you think like when that, you know, how long those effects were, you know, he was feeling those effects or anyone does, right. you know, is it something that off the first hit, you know, just like in general football terms, if someone takes one hit to the head, like the CTE start there, does it happen right. five years down the road? Is it an immediate effect? You know, so it's mm-hmm. something like you said that I want to know more about CTE in general, you know, and that, that movie that with the Will Smith made, I never got a chance to see it, but I think I will go take a look at it just so I can kind of hear some more. Um, just because, you know, you don't really know the effects on it. Like you said, people, you know, make opinions on it, but they don't know exactly how, what the basis of it is, how it starts. If it's, if it's, you know, right away, if it takes time and then develops and go, you know, deteriorates quickly, how exactly everything happens. So, um, you know, just my, my final take on it was, uh, if you, you know, if you want to get a chance to take a look at the documentary, it's definitely something, you know, that is, uh, it's it's hard to watch for some people. I can see how you can see that, but it's definitely informative of some of the things that you may not have known before. Um, yeah. But again, I just you know for all the the lives that were lost and it, you know my it's just a tough situation. And I remember one of the people that really stuck out to me was um, Odin Lloyd's mom. It was just like mm-hmm. you're in a situation where your son and you know I know there's you know they went back and forth. Did he do it? You know what exactly happened? That his son passed away, and she just she handled it with so much class to be in a situation like that. And to just say like, you know, she still prays for the people involved. Like your, her son was just killed and she still has like that, that to me just spoke, you know, volumes to her character and probably to, you know, to her whole family, just to be able to do that because that's gotta be a tough situation to see, you know, to go through that and, you know, whatever, whatever the result was, but just to see, that and then the, they get the case gets taken away and they say oh it's no longer there and then a couple of years later they finally get the verdict put back on so it right. was just it was just crazy to me and uh but the documentary itself was was definitely a lot of information in there it was but i think three three episodes i think was was not too bad um you know i i thought it was going to be a little longer but i think it was just the right amount of of episodes each one was what like 45 minutes to an hour something like yeah that. there was something like that yeah there was like you said yeah it was good yeah, three like parts hour. was perfect yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think it was good but like you said at the end of the day i think what people should do is whether you're a football fan fo- football fan um you don't know anything about Aaron hernandez you're just curious about the situation or what happened i think if you have Netflix, I think most people do in this, you know, in 2020, um, I think it's worth the three hours to watch it. I think you'll learn a lot. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, um, I think we'll, I think we'll, uh, end on that note. I think it was a very good discussion. I think it's something that needs to be discussed. And, um, I think from that we'll, uh, speaking of violence, I think, well, not violence, but I think we'll segue into the, the stream football lady at fell and uh, speaking of hard hitting, uh, let's just talk about the one major things that they cracked down on safety in that league was the kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was a good weekend. You know, the DC defenders won, but uh, yeah, let's talk about the safety in that league. And what do you two think about the kickoff? I mean, I thought it was definitely more um, safety friendly. I thought it was actually more interesting. We did see some big returns. Right. Um, wh- what did you guys think about the kickoff? To be honest, both of you, uh, whoever wait, wants wait, to go uh, first. Uh, how do they do it? What's the difference? I didn't see. So it. you kick off like where you normally would in the NFL, I believe. And then they put a, they put the return team 
is on the 30 or the 25, the, the 30. The kicking teams start on the other 40. So basically you're 10 yards separated. You can, you, no one can move until the returner either catches a ball or the ball's on the ground for three seconds. Then you can move. And it's just a, you know, there's no full, no one's running full speed. Exactly. So, you know, it's, you, there's no big hits there, but then the, the consequences are if you kick it before the 20, they start on the, on the other 45, you kick out of bounds, they start on the other 45. So there's definitely major penalties involved for the kicking team. If you don't let the guy return it. So what did you guys, what did you two think of the return? Go ahead, Anthony. I'll let you go first. Appreciate I was going to say to you go first. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, no yeah. I actually, that was one of the things that I've actually discussed with people at work as well and uh, friends and family. That was, I actually thought that rule was great. I think that, like you guys said, when it comes to play, not only that, it just made it more enjoyable because, yes, there's one person that's getting the ball and then making the folds, but no one's running down because you see so many people get injured or, you know, there's just like a bad, the way that someone lowers their shoulder wrong and they take the wrong way trying to absorb a block or something like that. I actually enjoyed it a lot more. Um, that they did that because I love the rule, like you said, that if it goes out of bounds or if it doesn't make the 20 on a fly, it goes to their, it goes to the other team's 45. I think that might need to be a little revised just because I feel like that's a big um, possession because, like you said, they can let the ball bounce. And if the ball bounces at the two and then goes out at the one, they go to the other 45. So um, that might be the only thing I might like tweak a little is to see where you might start the field. Um, but I think that the overall that that kickoff was great. I really liked the way they set that up. I liked that they were only 10 yards apart. Then when the, when the receiver finally gets it, then the play starts, you know? So I, I thought it was great. You saw good returns. Like you said, um, I, I, that was one of the things I actually enjoyed compared to where they were the first time. And I know we're going to talk more as we get into it and we're just going to start with the kickoff, but I thought the league made big leaps and bounds from the first time that it was, a uh, created back in the early 2000s yeah and i agree with you um you know when when the nfl started making changes to the kickoff i basically predicted that kickoffs would just be completely done with within the next maybe 10 years because eventually it's just going to be touchback 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 you know what i mean uh, i think there was such a high that's percentage anyway. of touchbacks that's, that's right now it is it's pretty much just such a high percentage of touchbacks what? right now so what was that? What happened? I said it sucks because, I mean, guys, nowadays, let's say you have, uh, what was his name, Dante Hall or Devin Hester, they'd be off mm -hmm. the league right now. They wouldn't matter yeah. anymore in the NFL. I felt like kickoffs, for some guys, that's how they made their living. Let's go with the Redskins. I'm sure Anthony knows. I'm sure he had some returns against him. Brandon Banks mm -hmm. made a living in the NFL off of kick returns. As soon as they moved in, he's out of the league because there's yeah. nothing else for him to do. Same and for the thing is, Hall, is, same for Devin Hester. There was nothing else. There's nothing else to do if people are just trying to kick it out of bounds over and over and over. And the thing is, is that that's just they are playing off the rules that the NFL has given them. You know, there, there's no reason to not just kick it in the end zone. But with this XFL rule, there you're incentivized to kick it to not hit a kick a touchback. Because the, the opponent will then get it on the 35-yard line, right? As opposed to the 30 or something. So they have a pretty good starting uh, field position. But if you kick it within the field of play, then 
they have to do a return and most likely you'll get them at the, you know, the 20, 25 yard line, whatever the case might be. And you're also limiting the amount of, of high speed collisions that happen. So you're, you're incentive, you're incentivizing the kicker to kick it within the field of play. So there is a return, but you're also limiting and lowering the chances of a high speed collision. So I think it's perfect. I really think it's the best of both worlds. You're going to get returns and you're going to have explosive plays. And then you're also limiting the high speed collisions. Yeah, I agree with everything. And I know you mentioned the punt returns in there as well. That was also something, mm-hmm. like you said, that if you kick it into the end zone, you can't, like, you can't cough and punt the kicks, you know, like they do in the, they don't want you pinning them at the one. They want to encourage the, the returners to return the ball. So, right. you know, I, I thought I thought that was one of their strengths. Um, obviously, the play of football, too, I'm sure we're going to get into. And I'm just going to go ahead and, and jump into it. I actually liked the style. I, I liked how... I thought they all looked pretty good for the most part, all the teams. I mean, obviously some teams got, you know, didn't have as great of performances, but it wasn't like sloppy football. It was just not getting the football. You know, they just weren't making the plays when they needed to. It wasn't like the guys were fumbling every snap or ball was just getting flailed in the air and interceptions were happening on every play. Uh You know, there was, it was good team football from what I saw. And I really enjoyed the interactions. Yeah, you know, you hear the coaches calling the plays. They got them mic'd up. Then they're going to the sidelines, talking to the players after. Um, you know, I know one of the moments that a lot of people talked about was the kicker missing the field goal. And then right after he misses it, they're going to the sideline to talk to him. It's like you don't see that in sports anywhere. Like mm-hmm. that's just like raw, you know, emotion that you're getting from these people. Like even the one guy, he, he slipped and dropped an F-bomb on TV and they couldn't bleep it in time. But you're getting these <laughs> players right off the field. You know, when they're talking, they're just like coming off the, you know, the gridiron coming to the sideline and you're over there like, hey, what did you think about that play? Like, of course, you're expecting, but you get like that feeling where you're like, you don't get to hear that. Of course, you talk, you see in press conferences sometimes after games, but by that point, usually, you know, they're, they might still be a little hot about something that a, a bad call. But when you get it like right there in the moment, you're getting that emotion from that player. Like, this is how they feel. You're getting that coach. You know, they're down 20. What's their game plan? What are they going to do to change it up? Why are that? Why do they think they're in this position? You know, you got to find it out during the game. And I think that that was a really cool point as well. Um, the one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing and they haven't yet was overtime. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the rules yes, on that, definitely. but. It's kind of like a soccer or hockey shootout almost as it seems. So every side of the ball is going to touch the field. So whether it's your offense or your defense, they'll be on the field and it's a best of five scenario. I think that's a great integration and it's one play. There's no, hey, we're, you know, we're starting here. You got Mm -hmm. eight minutes and then the other team might not even touch the ball because we scored a touchdown. It's one play. So you throw that play to the end zone. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Other team goes, if they get it, they're up one. So I think that was great. I like the extra points that there's no field goals, but field goals are still important because now you could be down 12 and that's a, it's a two possession game with a field goal. Instead of needing two touchdowns in the NFL, you can get a field goal and then go for a touchdown and then go for a three point extra point from the 10 yard line. I think that was awesome that they integrated that. Uh, I, I really think that in a few years, especially the kickoff, I think that's the one that's really going to, um, go to the NFL. It's some, I think that these rules, the NFL is going to look and be like, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. We uh-huh. should integrate something like that. And I think the kickoff is one of the ones that really stood out to me as just being like, wow, that's that's a that's a fantastic idea for player safety. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, uh, I do want to ask you. Oh. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, Before no, I change no, subjects, you, I don't want to. I don't want to change subjects well, too gonna, much. I was going to change the subject too and say something where. Um, you know, the first time this league was around, one it was one and done. 
I definitely feel with the rules, the safety, the way you're getting kids maybe from colleges that didn't quite get drafted or didn't or got cut by the pro, you know, something like that, where they get a second chance. I think this league has the ability to succeed for three to five years. I, I believe Vince has a three-year deal in place with the networks. And the thing is, everyone's comparing it to the ASL, whatever it's called, AAL or whatever that, you know, died out without a couple of weeks. The AAF, Vince, yeah. Yeah. Vince has over $3 billion worth of money. So this thing ain't going nowhere. He's already expected to take a loss within the first three years before he starts generating revenue. And I do expect this lead to be a secondary lead to the NFL. I believe it's going to be around. And, you know, the thing is, it's not competing with the NFL because it's the week after. after the Super Bowl. So for those people that are like at the Super Bowl, like, man, I'm running out of breath, guys, as I'm doing some stuff in my house. Um, like, <laughs> man, um, football's done. What am I going to do? And you got a buddy. Hey, there's football next Saturday. And it's like, all oh, right, man, it's football again. And especially Chris will understand this for DC fans. You got a winning football team for the first time, what, five years? You got a team with a winning record or something like that in D.C.? I mean, they had 17,000. They sold out. Anthony showed me something today where tickets are more for the defenders than yeah, they are for the rest. I was just going to mention that, too. That should say something about this league. And I, I feel that this is going to be a wonderful thing for the NFL. I feel maybe in three years you're going to see more teams. You're going to see more than, what is it, eight? You may see 10, 12, you know, that this may be a new thing. And I, I hope, really hope this stays around. I was just going to ask you kind of, kind of to that same, you know, line of questions in terms of how this is affecting the NFL. Do you think a lot of these players are going to get chances with NFL teams now? You know, if they, if they dominate in the XFL, do you think they'll maybe get an invitation or, or, you know, can, can they leave? Like in the middle of the season, if if they get, you know, called up to, let's say, the Patriots or the Redskins or whatever team. Yeah, so I'm glad you said that because I actually listened to Oliver Luck, um, who's actually the commissioner of the XFL. Yeah. And okay. he's also Andrew Luck's dad as well, uh, coincidentally <laughs> enough. Um, okay. But he actually mentioned that. That was a question they said. So how does it work? You know, what goes on? Can these guys go to the NFL if they get the call? And he said the good thing about their season is that it runs about, I think it's about 12 weeks, they said. Um, I think it's eight. I, think, I can't remember the exact. I think it's eight or 10 weeks. And then the, I think it's 10 weeks with the playoffs. I'm not, it's either 10 to 12 weeks, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And they said, will that be an issue if a guy gets a call? He said, as long as they you know, finish their contract with us, they are perfectly fine to go to that. And he said, and think about it this way. He's like, most OTOAs don't start till like the summer. He's like, our season yeah. will be over before that. And he said, what better way than meeting with your position coach, like in your off season to go train than actually playing football for 10 to 12 weeks in that season, you know, prior and getting even more training and then being like, Hey, I'm ready to show up to training camp in the summer. He said, so we're definitely not. And I, I'm glad you said that. Cause that was one of the points I want to say is I think that they're going to, see more players cross over to the NFL from the XFL. I think it's going to be encouraged because these guys are going to be training and playing. And a lot of these guys are former NFL coaches or former college football coaches that are coaching as well, whether they were a coordinator or a head coach um, in either the NFL or in college. So they have uh -huh. the experience as well, you know? So I think that's great. And like Matt said, with the eight teams, I think you're going to see over time if this succeeds, because obviously, like he said, they have the three-year deal with major networks, which is a huge help. Um, because they already said that the ticket sales in the first week has already outsold all of AAF and its whole season. Um, so that's, you know, going to help. 
And then you hear like stuff like DC where they had more, you know, the ticket price or more, but they had more people showing out than they were expecting. So yeah. it's a good thing. And I think maybe you'll see like a team for, you know, like a state that might not have a team now, even in the NFL, like say like a big college sport team. I just thought of this one off the top of my head, Nebraska, you know, they have the Cornhuskers. It's huge there for college football, but they don't have a pro team. So maybe they get like, Maybe Omaha gets a gets an XFL team in the next couple of years if this continues to grow. Maybe you get those teams that don't have it. Like look at St. Louis; they don't have, you know, the Rams anymore. Yeah, that's true. But look at the Battlehawks. They said they they played well, and they they said they had very a really good showing because the cities that don't have the team, you know, might want to have something like that and continuing to grow it. And then these guys have that opportunity down the road when their season's over to be like, hey, I'm going to make the jump back to the NFL. And, you know, give this another shot. Or maybe these guys that have been there before that have been in the NFL get that opportunity to go back because they're like, hey, you know what, we need, you know, come to training camp. We want to see what, you know, what we can do and what we can work out and see if you could be on our team next year. Otherwise, they have that opportunity to go back to the XFL. So I think it's great. I think the big thing that people have to realize is when people are like, oh, it's not the NFL. It's not the NFL. And they said that from the beginning. This is an alternative to the NFL. This is not meant to be competition Mm -hmm. to where it's going head to head. Never mind, like on the same week or anything like that, just in general. Their goal is to be an alternative to the NFL, to give people that football to watch after the NFL is over with different rules, different players, and different feel to the game. And that's what its goal is. It's not ever, you know, no one's going to sit here and be like, oh, it's so much better than the NFL. Like, that's not what they're looking for, and that's not what they aim. So, as long as people realize that, I think that this league has a lot of success. And as long as, you know, fans give it a chance, and continue to try and watch it for that as an alternative, I think it's got a really good shot of uh, being a success here for a few years to come, at least. Yeah, and I think that's a good point you made. There's Because there really is no way, there is no way that they'd be able to compete with the NFL. There's no way that they would take over Sundays, you know, during the fall and the winter. There's just no way. They don't have the following, the viewing. They don't have the money to back up that, that, you know, and actually compete. They may have the talent, but it's just Sundays, NFL Sundays is literally a religion for some people. You know what I mean? And there's no way they're going to take over Saturdays because Saturdays are for college football. And, And college football, again, is also a religion to some people. So the XFL being an alternative, I think, is 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 good, and and I, I'm excited for it. I, I really didn't watch it this past weekend. I had some stuff I had to do, but I did watch a bunch of highlights, and it looks like it looks like a pretty fun sport to watch, and I can't wait to watch it this weekend. Speaking of crossovers, I'm just telling you all right now. Remember the name PJ Walker. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, Matt. What's your take? You didn't really uh, give too much. I know you talked about what. Did, what did you think? Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I love the action. I watched pretty much all of the Defender game. If you know, maybe missed a little bit of it. I had to go to the dealership, but I kept watching it there. And I mean, it's it's entertaining. I love, like I said, I love the kickoff. I'm a, you know, no one's, none of you guys. Maybe I didn't hear it because I was doing things. Sorry for that. Uh, the replay system where you get to hear the refs talk to them. How awesome was that? That was an Xbox controller the guy was using to like fast forward. That was awesome. Yeah. No, that was really yeah. cool. Let's, let's wait, wait, wait. Can you say that again? I missed that. Well, what happened? So, so the replay. for the replays, you can hear them talking to the official. You hear the rear, the replay guy talking to the NFL official about the replays. Oh, dude. That's, oh, awesome. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, there was I, I one. Love it. Yeah, I love it, man. 
I want to touch on that real quick, and I'll let you finish. Sorry, Matt, just while I have it on my uh, mind, that topic that you just said. The replay that was really cool to me was there was a challenge on, I think it might have been the New York-Tampa game. I'm not positive. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was the New York-Tampa game. New York got the ball off a fumble, and he caught the ball. He got the ball off a fumble, the defender, ran it back to the end zone, and then score, scored. That's how the play was ruled officially. So obviously they go upstairs, they check it. First, thing, the the challenge, you know, they replay on the field. He checks the fumble. The guy catches it to to most people, and they had like Dean Blandino come in, who's their XFL. You know, he's their help on the officiating, who's like their official officiator that you know is in the box, like how they have for the NFL, that similar kind of style. Okay, and he yeah. said, "You listen to them," and like the the replay analyst that was actually doing it, not the one that's just giving the insight as well as to what he would rule. He's like going back and forth. He's like, let me watch this. Like, oh man, this one's close. And like, you hear him as he's doing it and he's going back. He's like, do you have another camera angle? And he's like, all right. He's like, you know what? He's like, there's not enough here. So we're going to say the call stands. He's like, now let me check the touchdown and let's see that. And you hear the referee. He's like, so on the first part, we're going with stands. He's like, that's correct. He's like, keep it as stands. Then he goes to the touchdown. He's like, oh, this is tough too. He's like, let me check this camera angle. He's like, all right, hold on. Let me check one more camera angle. He's like, you know what? This is going to stand too. He's like, I don't see enough. He's like, so the ruling on the field is a touchdown. He's like, is going to stand it's recovered by the defense and a touchdown call stands not confirms so it was crazy because you don't really get to hear that you know a lot of people are like oh i wonder what this ref's going to do i bet you he's seeing who he picked to win the game you know stuff like right. that but you heard them and even the referee you hear him on the field like when they're get, like a penalty flag's thrown he's like what did you call to like the back ref you know in the in the secondary he's like who are you getting that on is that 20 he's like so you got you got pass interference on the defense on 20 he's like that's the call he's like all right he's like check with the coach what do they want to do and then that he calls it. Cool. So like you you hear it before it's even called out, and you know like because they're mic they're mic'd so the TV can hear it. So I thought that was just so cool because like Matt said, it gives you more insight to the game. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. and, and I was reading a, something that said that they really want to get the fans as as close and into the game as possible, and and you know the immediate mics after a play and and being able to hear the refs. I mean that's that's amazing. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. I loved all. And I, I like um, ABC better than Fox on the first day. I don't know if, Anthony, if you noticed that when you were watching the difference. I felt like the ABC announcer was, when they were calling the plays, he was circling, saying this is the S receiver, this is the X receiver. I feel like he was more into it than the Fox guy who, you know, you can hear the play calls. They're like, oh, they're calling this. But I feel like the guy on ABC was like, this is what this guy has an option to go left. He has, like I felt like the ABC announcer was so energetic 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 into it that he was like yeah this is what this guy's gonna do i, I love that like i felt like you know who they need as an announcer i would love tony romo with this with hearing the plays call because i think he'd be great i was just about to say like tony romo like <laughs> obviously him being a cowboy a cowboy former cowboy player obviously i didn't like him when he was a player but as an analyst I mean, he's a great analyst. He he's literally yes. calling the plays as they're as they're happening right before they're happening. He's telling us exactly what's going on in terms of the audible and and what the quarterback sees. He is one of the the best analysts that I've seen in the past few years, just because of his knowledge of the game and and the way that he can articulate that for for us fans to 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 understand what exactly is going on on the field. It's not just oh, hand it off to number thirty four and he gets a three yard yeah, rush. No, he's he's telling us the details of what's going great. on. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Uh, I think the commentating as a whole was real. I actually enjoy. I didn't mind Fox either because they had Greg Olson on there, uh, who was kind of like the player okay. analyst side of it. Uh-huh. And he he was given some pretty he was given some pretty good. I know, like Matt said, he was mentioning like when you said he's like this is the Y receiver, and he's like so if you watch right. here when he breaks on the secondary, it's because he sees he's the third receiver in the route, so he's going to grab that you know that route underneath and do the dig, you know, like. So it was cool just how they kind of all did that. And then even the commentate that, you know, who they had going out to the field um, with Matt knows him from NXT as well. Now that he's working in NXT as an announcer, he lost it when Marquette King had a beautiful punt that had it down to the one yard line in play. And the guy on his team, it was down at the one he ran and grabbed it, but his momentum, he was running full speed. So when he grabbed it, he went into the end zone with the ball. And he Who's lost the it. Oh, was it McAfee? Uh, McAfee, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Well, I do his great. He, and it was just funny because I'm like, he's a punter. So he's like sympathizing for his punt, you know, for a fellow punter. But it was just like everything, like for the commentators, they had, I think they did a really good job. And they, they had some, they had some really good, um, you know, con- they had Kurt Menefee, who does Fox NFL Sundays as one mm-hmm. of the announcers. Yeah, um, he, was a, he was on the second game on a Sunday that, I mean, Saturday I referred to where he wasn't, I, he, like, he's good, but he wasn't into it as guy and i think they're only going to get better but i i really just as a whole I, i'm i'm excited i'm i'm excited jason for the witten xfl commentary and i'll be happy hey you know jason witten's still in the nfl we'll see if he uh, brings who's that back other guy? who's that other guy on espn that they were that they oh, everyone hey, was which one of? joe tessator or booger mcfarland there that guy mcfarland oh uh, yeah that because <laughs> he well last year that was the last season he had the uh like his own little sideline cam that he sat yeah. on but now he now he's up in the booth. Now he's in the booth. Yeah, he's in the booth with Joe Tessitore now. So that was actually speaking of Romo, they were talking. That I think that I was reading because I think his contract's either up this year ESPN, or next year. That yeah. I think ESPN wants him for Monday Night Football. Yeah, I would love it. Did you all and read about the other thing for Monday Night Football? Where that would be huge. I mean, where they would, where they're thinking about Chris? I don't know if you heard about this. You know how Chris on Sunday night they'll flex a game in a Sunday night that has more meaning. Now yeah. they're talking about flexing games into Monday night. Ooh. Yeah, they're they're trying. It's going to take a couple of years, they said, but they said they're trying to see with NFL teams how much t- notice they would need. Like if they were supposed to play Sunday at one, right. if they say like on Friday, hey, can we flex it Monday night or Saturday? No, they wouldn't add a game. They would they would get moved to Sunday. They would get flexed, so they would get moved back out of it. So like if the game was on right. Sunday at one, like say the I'm just going to use the Redskins and the Giants are playing Sunday at one. And they really wanted to play Monday night because it's week six and they're both four and two. Not going to happen, mm-hmm. but, you know, wishful thinking. <laughs> um, they would say, hey, we're, we want to move you guys to Monday night. Are you guys good with it? And then they would move someone else from Monday night over. And the other right. reason they're saying that is because the big thing, and this is where it would be huge, and then if they get someone like Tony Romo or whoever they end up getting for Monday night, is they said if they're able to do that, they, they're thinking ABC would take it back on primetime television not ESPN anymore because ABC would be more likely because it's not going to be like a game where they're like, I don't want to see that game. I don't want that on ABC. We can have our regular TV on, you know, programming, whatever, you know, show they have on for that fall season. So now they're saying they might get ABC on board if they can get it to where they can do that. So that if it's week 14 and they got the chiefs playing the Patriots, they can move that to Monday night and be like, Hey, we're flexing that to Monday night and we're moving this game back to Sunday. So it'd be, still, that um, sounds awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah, it would I be. I mean, I, I, as 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 fans and and someone who enjoys football, not just watching one team, I enjoy watching all teams. And and you know, I, obviously, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. But 
as NFL players, I feel like the NFLPA is probably going to dispute that heavily. Yeah, that's and that's what I think is going to come down to is what how much time they're going to need and what the what the ruling would be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we'll I see how that plays that. out. I'm, as a fan, I think that sounds like an amazing thing for for all football fans. Yeah, but but I think the players probably aren't going to like that very much. The players, maybe even the coaches too. Yeah, you know, know it might be it might be one less day to to get that that fourth down play that could change the game. I agree. That's it. It'll be it'll be something to watch. And listen, as a, I mean, even as a giant, there's sometimes when I'm watching the Giants, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to watch the Giants Monday night. Like this, you know what I mean? They're playing the Eagles, right, 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 right. And it's like the Giants are playing for nothing. So like, why are they the Monday night game? So I get the whole point of, hey, maybe we'll talk about moving this game to this night. So, but like you said, there's a lot of things that are going to have to fall into place and get ruled in because to tell someone, hey, you're playing Sunday at one, they prepare for it all week, and then a day before, you're like, no, we're going to move you to Monday night. It could change some things, especially it can make a short week now for the following week. So, right. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So, um, so I think we're going to skip the topic that we were going to do nets. Uh, episodes run a little bit longer than we thought. <laughs> we got great discussions tonight, guys. Uh, we got to talk about the FFL, Aaron Hernandez. Uh, next week, we'll definitely dive in more into uh, the cheating scandal for the Astros, how it's got a little bit more not complicated, but a little bit more uh, pointing fingers at each other. So uh, we'll get we'll get more into that. Next week. I also want to touch on maybe some college basketball next week. Uh, I definitely want to give some opinion on the outcome this year. So uh, we'll talk to that and uh, get ready for the baseball season. So, um, yeah, I guess that will do it for us today. Uh, as always, um, I'm getting a little bit more, Anthony saw a little bit more active now on Twitter at Sports Recap Live. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash sports recap live. Uh, hopefully one of these days we can get a, get a guy on who is kind of disrespectful towards Anthony's uh, hockey team, the devil. So uh, maybe down the road in the future, we'll have a special guest and him and Anthony can finally uh, debate about the comment that was made on Twitter that I think was a shot at Anthony, but he'll say it wasn't. I, I have a question. Cause I listened to last week's show. Um, it was a pleasure talk being back. Hope I'm glad to have Glad to be back, boys. But what is this story? What is this top flight security story, Matt? You never got, you never touched on it. I realized I've been talking to because I don't want to get myself in trouble. So uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. All right. After the show. So um, that's going to do after it for us. Show. Anthony, you have any uh, remarks to the comment I just made about the maybe the little debate or opinion show you're going to have against a certain someone? Hey man, sports are a passionate thing. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. If uh, if it's something we can work out and get uh, my friend on the on the chat with us and talk some hockey, I'd be happy to. But I'm not reading into it too much that it was anything other than uh, just a a team that has not been up to their expectations so far this year that got a good win when they needed to get one. I mean, have <laughs> you seen the Flyers mascot? Wasn't he in trouble or something? Didn't he have like a, a lawsuit against him? I think that's all been cleared. (laughs) All right, guys. So for myself, Anthony, Chris, and Paul, uh, thank you for joining us today on this amazing episode. Um, If you're listening to it, please tell your friends, go listen to it. This is an amazing show, especially Aaron Hernandez. We'd love to hear your opinion on Aaron Hernandez, what you think of the whole situation, what you thought of the documentary. Uh, You can catch us on iTunes podcast, Podbean, uh, Stitcher now. Just uh, look up Sports Recap Live, and uh, join us next week as we uh, dive more into this cheating scandal. Uh, Have a good night, everyone. See ya. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening.